What's going on, everybody? Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. Jake Shapiro, Rachel Beal, hanging out with you. We got a full freaking show for everybody today. Between breaking news, what's going on at Broncos training camp, and trivia is back. We're loaded for the next 30 minutes. So excited to have Jake on today. Jake, first of all, how are you? Doing pretty good. I'm excited for this one, Rachel. I know. We've got a lot going on, so let's get into it. Day six of Broncos training camp getting underway. Players just taking the field a few seconds ago. A beautiful day out at UC Health Training Center, and it's full pads today. So let's go. We're going to see some hit, and we're going to see what this team is really about here in a quick second. You're going to see Russell Wilson coming out onto the field for the first time in full pads in front of lots of fans out there. So it's an exciting day, Jake. Of course it is. And, you know, every time I see Russ in orange and blue, it's still kind of a little bit weird. I don't think I'm going to get used to it till I see him in a couple games, but good sight to see. Good to see the guys progressing. Seems like, you know, maybe they'll get a little bit more right after yesterday. I know there were some issues in training camp and uh, Russell seemed to take control over the situation. No, absolutely. 100%. So we're excited to see how the offense can respond today. A few players are missing from practice today. DJ Jones being one of them who is not out there. There's, we're not exactly sure why, but not out there. Kwan Williams also not out there. Tom Compton and then Tyree Cleveland also missing today. So a few names to keep your eye on to make sure injuries, you know, it's that time now we're kind of into week two. Things are going to start getting really physical. So this is when you unfortunately start to see the injuries kind of pile up. The most successful training camp is a healthy one. So that's the most important thing for the Broncos is to try and get through the rest of this training camp with maybe just those four guys being day to day. It won't happen, uh, but hopefully they can make it through without any key guys getting seriously injured. Yep. So definitely stay tuned to DenverFan.com. We'll keep you updated on all of the injuries happening out at training camp. Now, let's go into some new breaking news coming out today. And that's that there's a new name added into the ownership for the Denver Broncos. Lewis Hamilton is being added in. So the Broncos say we're delighted to welcome seven-time Formula One world champion Sir Lewis Hamilton to our ownership group. He is a champion competitor who knows what it takes to lead a winning team. Now, Jake, you're an F1 fan. So what can you tell us about this? Not only am I an F1 fan, I'm a huge Lewis Hamilton fan. Um, Lewis is a legend in F1, um, maybe the greatest driver of all time, uh, has won seven world championships, uh, almost won last year, should have won last year. He's still at the top of his game. He's podiumed in the last five races this season in F1. On top of that, he's actually a Colorado resident, I believe or at the very least lives here. His main house is in the mountains in Colorado, uh, lives all winter in Colorado. So it'll be a short jaunt for him to the games, not coming over from Great Britain. I've got my Pink Floyd shirt on to honor the Brits today, but he's a knight. He's literally been knighted Sir Lewis Hamilton. He commands respect. And not only is he such a champion, and you could make the case of the greatest athlete currently active, like him and Tom Brady are tied in championships, right? Like just dominant athlete. Um, Serena Williams, obviously up there too. Uh, but he has been a sounding board and a leader for diversity in F1. He's actually the first African, well, he's not African-American, African-British. He's the first black driver in F1, um, which is huge. And it is a sport that has been cloaked in racism for many, many years, including the current world champion, Max Verstappen's girlfriend's uh, dad, who's a former F1 championship cha- champion, Nelson Piquet, who recently was caught saying the N word about Lewis on a broadcast. Um, so this happened last month. 
Um, so Lewis is a champion for diversity. He's a champion for LGBTQ causes. He's a champion for climate change causes. Uh, he is, I mean, you wanted to hear how negative I was about the Broncos and adding Condoleezza Rice as a, as a owner who's been accused of being a war criminal by several different entities. Lewis Hamilton is like the class human being. He is awesome. And on top of that, of course, just one of the greatest athletes of our generation. And of course, he's got a great dog. And he's got a dog, which makes me like him even more. So yeah, he said, excited to join an incredible group of owners and become a part of the Broncos story. We love to see that. I love the dog too. He's already ready to rock and roll for the season. But Troy just said, it seems a little disturbing as a Broncos fan that the billionaire keeps adding more names to the ownership group. Why, Jake? Well, you can, I I don't think you can get too many good people in a room in this situation, right? Like adding Melanie Hobson um, and Lewis Hamilton isn't going to hurt your interest. These are two very successful people that Mm -hmm. have probably very different perspectives on the world than Robson Walton does Mm -hmm. and the Penner group, right? Um, So I don't really think their interest or their investment is being divested or that they're seriously losing a big portion of their investment. Like I'd be shocked if Lewis Hamilton owns more than 0.5% ownership stake in the Broncos. Like this isn't a significant amount. So we don't have to worry about the money. Robson Walton is the richest owner in sports and he's literally just adding more by a lot. Um, And he's literally just adding more money into the pool and more voices and smart people. Uh, you want to talk about Russell Wilson and athletes he um, looks up to. He mm-hmm. tweeted something about Bill Wall or not Bill Walton, excuse me, Bill Russell, uh, who passed away the other day and his relationship with him. Well, the two people who instantly retweeted each other about Lewis Hamilton joining the Broncos ownership group were, were Russell Wilson retweeting Lewis Hamilton and Lewis Hamilton retweeting Russell Wilson. Um, and, and you want to talk about, well, Russell Wilson's a more important, more famous person than Lewis Hamilton. Uh, do you want to guess how many Instagram followers Russell Wilson has, Rachel? Is it double digit millions? 5.5 million Russell okay. Wilson. Do you want to guess how many Lewis Hamilton has? 9.1. Nearly 30 million. He's one of the most famous people, not in sports, but the world. Uh, He is a very important figure, not only from the financial standpoint, but again, what he's done for the world, what he has done in his sport, and how famous of a person he is. This is a huge voice to have in the room. So as much as Lewis Hamilton can be in the room, these are important. This is an important person to be in the room. And Melanie Hobson also falls in that category. So I really like the fact that the Broncos are adding more diversity to their ownership group. It means a lot to uh, to continue to get these different voices in the room. And I think it's only a win. Like there's no way this is a bad thing because at the end of the day, Robson Walton and then the Penners are going to have the final say on anything. It's just, it's just input that they can garner from that's close to their circle. Yeah. To kind of shorten what Jake just said, it doesn't really have anything to do with money. Like we said, Rob Walton is the highest paid or has the most money out of any owner in professional sports. So it's not really an issue by any means, but I think it is more about the voices and having different opinions to kind of creatively, collectively put together the best organization that you can. And the more voices you have, the better output you can see kind of on not only on your organization, but in the communities around you. So I think that's what's really important here. I'm very excited about it. Obviously, he's got a dog. So he's team dog. I'm team him. I like it. And I like, too, that him and Russ are already communicating. I think that's a great sign. And just really quickly, 
Where are the Broncos playing their overseas game this year? London, who's mo- probably the most famous athlete from Great Britain right now. It might be Lewis Hamilton. Uh, the Broncos are going to continue under this ownership group to try and uh, expand their overseas presence. The amount of people that are Broncos fans in America is not going up. They've reached the, the amount of Broncos fans they can possibly reach. Now they're going to start looking in Mexico. They're going to start looking in Europe. Lewis Hamilton, where does he race? He races in Europe. He races in Mexico. He races in South America and Brazil. This is another person that can put on the Broncos jersey and add some value by literally just wearing the Broncos jersey in different locations. I love to see it. We're super excited about it, like I said. But Nathaniel Hackett yesterday, we heard about Russell Wilson calling the offense together pretty much to say, hey, we're getting our butts kicked. We need to figure this out. And it's been a question, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, the energy is there. He's super peppy all the time. But we've wanted to see what happens when things don't go exactly their way. Are we going to see a frustrated Nathaniel Hackett? And he went to the podium yesterday with a little bit of frustration. Take a listen. See that bounce back in the red zone, specifically Russell's pass to Cortland. Was that mm-hmm. nice given the, you know, kind of the frustration leading up to that point? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, like I said, that's going to happen. I mean, that, the name of the game is, you know, crazy things go back and forth all the time. I mean. Long touchdown, how are you going to respond? You know, interception, how are you going to respond? And um, you need those moments. You know, guys jumping off sides, lack of focus. Hopefully they can take, you know, from this day and learn what it, what, why it happened. Why weren't they focused? Why weren't they focused as a group? Because um, I know they work so hard. I know they know it. I know they don't want it to be that way. Uh, but the idea is to learn from that moment. So then once you're out on the field and the crowd is screaming, it doesn't happen again. Or we can bounce back quickly. You can see not huge smiles from Nathaniel Hackett there. He actually walked past me yesterday. and I always smile at coaches. Um, I feel like it's one way you can kind of build a little bit of a relationship with them. And so yesterday was the first time that I have smiled at Nathaniel Hackett, and he gave me a smile back. So you knew he was frustrated. He didn't like what he saw on the field yesterday. So today will be interesting to see. But do you like the fact that we're seeing this different side of Nathaniel Hackett, Jake? Yeah, it means he's got it. I mean, we all knew he had it somewhere. It's not that shocking, right? Like, he's an NFL coach. Like, we all know he's got a side that can be a little heavy-handed and uh, deal out some of those punishments and and uh, discipline. So I'm not too surprised. We'll see when the going gets tough if he actually is going to be able to be a louder voice than Russell Wilson because mm-hmm. it seemed like Russell Wilson was the loudest voice yesterday at practice, even over uh, Nathaniel Hackett. But it is good to see that – no matter who is the leader in this situation, they're being led in the right direction, which is all that matters at the end of the day. Absolutely. Uh, We're obviously big let's ride people here in Denver, Colorado. Everyone seems to know the saying, well, that's true. Even in Los Angeles for the chargers, even if they might be poking a little bit of fun at Russell Wilson, take a listen. Both in. Let's ride. Both in. Let's ride. (laughs) Both in. Let's ride. Both fam, let's ride. Both fam, let's ride. Mike up, let's ride. <laughs> Ellis Woo, though. Keenan Allen there saying, let's ride, let's ride, let's ride. Do you like that we're seeing a little bit of this fun competition even before the season starts between two ASC West teams, Jake? There will be no debate as to who Pat Sertan covers when they play the Chargers now. There was maybe a little bit debate of, do you guard Mike Williams? Do you guard Keenan Allen? But it's going to be Keenan Allen. And uh, 
I, I love that the Chargers, who are a nomad franchise with quite literally no fans in their own location, but live in that location for the media rights, more or less. Uh, I love that they're trying to build some culture and there's no better way to build a culture as a history major in the course of human history to say what isn't part of your culture, what isn't part of your nation state, rather than defining what is. So by creating an enemy in the Broncos and creating some hatred in their fan base, they can... Uh, they can actually define we are Chargers football. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. And, I mean, they took some shots, remember, Rachel, in their schedule release video at Russell Wilson, too. Mm -hmm. So this is something the Chargers are all going after as an organization. I'm not too surprised by it. Um, and it'll be fun for the Broncos when they kick their butt twice. Like, that's probably going to happen because they're the Chargers. And as long as they wear powder blue and yellow, they're going to find a way to mess it up. I like it, Jake. I like this take a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this matchup now. And you're right. I think PS2 on Keenan Allen is definitely going to happen. And it's going to be so much fun to watch if you are a Bronco fan. Now, we need to get into a little bit of breaking news that's coming out of Miami now, Jake. So hit us because we were talking about this before the show. And the NFL stripped the Dolphins of their 2023 first round draft pick and the 2024 third round pick for violating the integrity of the game. So Take us deep diving into this. What does all of this mean? So this is fun because this is a conspiracy theory that just came true. Essentially, the Miami Dolphins have been trying to get Tom Brady to be their quarterback for the last three or four years at the end of his career in New England and Tampa Bay. They were courting him behind the scenes while he was under contract. Of course, that's tampering. They did the same exact thing with Sean Payton before he retired from the New, Eng uh, New Orleans Saints. You could make a case that both Tom Brady and Sean Payton, who both resigned from their post this offseason, were about to join the Dolphins this winter. But the lawsuit by Brian Flores uh, alleging racial discrimination by the Dolphins put a, uh, a a hamper into that ability. So it was a kind of a rush lawsuit. It should have been a class action lawsuit. It was announced as we're going to try and make this a class action lawsuit. But at the end of the day, Brian Flores did mess over the Dolphins by being basically wrongly terminated. Like Brian Flores, I think we all agreed, was doing a good job with the Dolphins. Um, but they were trying to get Sean Payton and Tom Brady. Meanwhile, they've got Tua Tungavailoa, who's supposed to be the greatest quarterback ever when he was coming out of Alabama. So this is a really funny situation. And you're wondering, what's the link here? Well, Stephen Ross is a University of Michigan graduate. So is Tom Brady. It's only a matter of time, in my opinion, before Tom Brady is the team president of the Dolphins and running that organization. And I think this has been coming for a long time because he's the clear heir to the fortune of Stephen Ross, at least in terms of like the football ownership side. So Tom Brady could one day be the owner of the Miami Dolphins and why not be the player president of the team for a year or two. And that's kind of what was happening. I honestly don't see this as being out of the cards for a year or two from now. Um, but the Buccaneers did make that contract a lot more tighter when he came back. And, you know, this has been building all off season with him being overseas and talking with the Buccaneers ownership group, which also owns the English Premier League team. Like this is a wild conspiracy that was torn, uh, that, was, that was written down by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. Everyone thought he was ridiculous and everything he said was right. Um, meanwhile, the Dolphins were cleared of tanking allegations and racial discrimination allegations, which I don't really know if the NFL should have cleared them of those things because they seemed pretty sketchy. But the NFL at the end of the day is punishing the team for 
um, ruining the integrity of the game, which honestly comes back to the other thing, which is you look at what they did yesterday with their punishment of Deshaun Watson, uh, who did something way worse from a human perspective than what the Miami Dolphins have done. Mm -hmm. Um, And the NFL is, you know, obviously being willy nilly with their punishments here and there. So uh, it's really interesting from like 10 or 15 different perspectives, way more than what we can cover here in coffee break. But at the end of the day, you had a wild conspiracy about Tom Brady, the biggest person in the NFL, the Miami dolphins who historically have been one of the better franchise in the NFL that was happening behind the scenes that forced Tom Brady to retire, but he never said he was retiring and it was all true. It was all crazy true. Yeah. That's the key right there is he never said that he was retiring, only stepping away from the game of football. The other interesting thing is Tom Brady just signed a like six year contract deal with Fox sports that as soon as he does decide to step away from the game of football, that he'll be their main like, analyst. So Tom Brady, he's going in all sorts of things. He's being real sneaky nowadays, Jake. And what is that Rachel? Cause like, and I don't mean any offense cause we have plenty of people on the fan that are great commentators that used to play in the NFL, mm-hmm. but there are also plenty of former football players that don't work out as commentators. What is to say that Tom Brady, who's being paid the highest amount of money as soon as he steps away to be a commentator is going to be any good at it. Like we have no idea. He's going to be paid tens of millions of dollars to be a commentator. We have no idea if he's going to be good on it. It's literally just adding Tom Brady's name to a broadcast. That's all people want. I didn't get it when they first announced it. I still don't get it now. If you're joining us here for trivia, don't worry. We're going to get into it. But first of all, we have to talk about possibly one of the biggest MLB trades that has happened ever, Jake. So hit us with all the details because this is still shocking. Yeah, this is coming out right now. It's actually not even finalized. Uh, And essentially, this trade will send Juan Soto, who is one of the best players in Major League Baseball, to the San Diego Padres in the NL West against the Colorado Rockies Mm -hmm. for a package of some of the Padres' top prospects centered around Mackenzie Gore, who's supposed to be this incredible um, left-handed pitcher and, you know, there's Abrams and Wood involved, people that probably the, the general person doesn't know. That's okay. They're just really good young players that are probably going to make a difference for the Nationals. The reason why the Nationals have dumped Juan Soto, who is a good, not good, great young player who's already won a World Series title, who's an MVP candidate year in, year out, he wanted to get paid a lot. Like he literally just rejected a $450 million contract extension. So this guy is going to be the first baseball player to get paid half a billion dollars. And he's going to be paired with Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis for the next 15 years in San Diego. So this is a huge trade. One of the biggest trades in major league baseball history. I mean, you're talking about Alex Rodriguez getting traded to the Yankees from the Rangers big. You're talking about, you know, other trades that were really big, like, you know, and, and this one maybe from a actual trade perspective wasn't that big. Uh, but Dick Allen for Kurt, Kurt Flood, um, both of them were all stars. And essentially what ended up happening was is that that's what happened. Uh, that trade began free agency in pro sports because it ended the reserve clause, which let teams just resign players indefinitely. And if they didn't like it, they could not play the sport. So we're talking about uh, just under the entire thing that started free agency in pro sports. Uh, level of trade like Babe Ruth being traded from the Red Sox the Yankees was not as big as this because Babe Ruth was not as good at the time he was traded as Juan Soto is right now so this is going to affect the Rockies for a decade this trade 
Corey saying, poor Rockies. Even if the owners were actually trying, they'd still be the worst team in the division. The and Diamondbacks exist. The Diamondbacks exist. You're good. True. But it doesn't help either that the guy you paid a lot of money to is going back on the injured reserve list um, in uh, Chris Bryant. So he goes on the 10-day injured list with plantar fasciitis in his left foot. And Jake, you had a nice stat here. Uh, 43 is the number of home runs Aaron Drudge has hit this season. 42, the number of games Chris Bryant has played this season. Judge is making 19 million. Bryant is making 26 million. My goodness, this just makes you shake your head, Jake. Yeah, uh, and Judge is at a different point in his contract, so he gets paid a little bit less because he's a younger player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's about to get paid more than $26 million, so it's a little dishonest to, to tweet that. But in the same sense, yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge hit more home runs than games Chris Bryant has played. That's not good. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris Bryant, you could make the case between Trey Turner, uh, Justin Turner, Clayton Kershaw, um, Cody Bellinger, Fernando Tatis, uh, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, that Chris Bryant being paid $182 million over the next uh, eight years, seven years, seven years, is maybe the ninth or 10th most famous or best player in his own division. That's crazy. You want to talk about the AFC West in football? That's wow. one thing, right? Like the NL West in baseball right now is pretty insane, but it's not at that level because it's really just a, a, an arms race between two teams, the Padres and the, and the Dodgers. And the Giants are always going to be in there because they have good ownership and uh, they consistently develop prospects. Buster Posey would have been in there, but he just retired. So mm-hmm. you've got three teams at the top of this division year in, year out. Um, you can't say that about the AFC West because that's a that's a this year thing, right? Like it's mm-hmm. been a third team, whether it's been the Padres, the Rockies, or the Diamondbacks, always up there competing with the Dodgers and Giants. And now the Padres look like they're going to be right there as the the class of the division with the Dodgers for the next 10 years to come. Uh, No one will rival the Dodgers because even though they were not the ones to ultimately land Juan Soto, the Dodgers Mm -hmm. actually have a stronger farm system and they could be suitors for Shohei Otani. Just ridiculous on so many fronts right there, Jake. But I want to make sure before the show ends that we get to our Tuesday trivia. So pull out your phone, everybody. If you have not already, let's get into this. A great show today. So much going on, you guys. It's been crazy, but we'll get into it. Um, If you do not already, go to the game pin or go to kahoot.it and enter in the game pin 405-6916. We're going to do the first 10 people since we're running just a smidge late. So get your name in there. We're excited to have everybody. Brandon, Jam, Timo, Scobay, Burbs27, Kat. Thank you guys all so much for hanging out with us. Let's get a few more people in here rolling. Again, Kahoot.it, game pin 405-6916. Ronaldo, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Again, 405-6916. We're going to get this game rolling here in just a second. Give people a few moments to join in. Um, the category today is Broncos training camp. So oh, get ready, everybody. Jake Jake is not so uh, hot on the Broncos. He's usually really good. All right, we got 10 in here. I love it. We're going to go ahead and start. Thanks again, everybody, so much for hanging out with Jake and I. We surely appreciate it. All righty. Let's do this, everybody. First question, when did the Broncos move to Dove Valley or now UC Health Training Center? Is it 1985, 1990, 1993, or 1996? You know, I know when they moved 
from Greeley to UC Health Training Center to begin their training camp practices. Um, that actually happened in 2002, 2003 was when they made the switch over. Um, I actually looked that up last night, but didn't help me here. 1990 was when. So nobody getting that right. Looks like I stumped a few people. Okay. Question number two. The Broncos' first training camp was held at what college in Colorado? UNC, CU Boulder, Colorado School of Mines, or CSU? Be cool if it was at Mines. Go out to Golden, sit under the mountains. Jake. Was it? I, I don't I guess something different if it was Mines. I'm just saying. It was the Colorado School of Mines was where the first Broncos training camp was. I know a lot of people just remember UNC, but yep. it was actually School of Mines. So I don't think that they were very, there very long, but in fact, it was Colorado School of Mines. Uh, what NFL team will come to Denver next week for a joint practice? I promise everybody the questions are going to get a little bit easier from here on out. Is it the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Bills, or the Jets? Who's coming out here next week? Who else, if you're going to be out there, drop it in the comments too. We'd love to see who's going to be there. One of my favorite tweets I ever sent is, why do players always be known as the former Bill? Like they would change their name from Bill. Bill's such a good name. Mm. Obviously, it's, it's a joke because yep. former team. <laughs> you know. Everybody but one person getting this one right. Cowboys are coming out next week, everybody. It should be really, really fun. Jake with those fast fingers. Burb 27 coming in second. Who was the last team the Broncos welcomed to join training camp practice? Excuse me on my typo right there. Was it the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Bengals, or the Jets? If you've been listening to Denver Fan and 104 through the fan, you would know because they talk about it nonstop. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Obviously, it's been a few years because of COVID since they've done the joint practices. So who is it? Indeed, the 49ers were the last teams to come out here to Denver for a joint practice. Jake's still coming in hot. Teeny coming in second, though. Ronaldo is the highest climber. I like it. Which former Broncos player most recently signed a one-day deal to retire as a Denver Bronco? If you've been paying attention to Coffee Break, we gave you this answer earlier this week, was it Emmanuel Sanders, Shaq Barrett, Malik Jackson, or Derek Wolf? All right. I believe we got all the answers. I get nervous about skipping anything in case something. Derek Wolf, everybody getting that question right. I like it. I like it a lot. Jake's still on top. All right. Can anybody push ahead on this final question? Let's see. Oh, no. The training camp. The Broncos set a training camp attendance record on Saturday with 7,121 people. Is that true or false? Ah, this is one that's tough, right? Like, is it more because I know they've practiced in stadiums before? Or mm-hmm. Yup. See? It I, is indeed right. true, everybody. It was a Broncos training camp attendance record on Saturday for Back Together Saturday. We've got it in the sports office blog. You can watch the entire thing on our social media channels. You can check out my own Twitter, too. I've got it up there. So, Timo coming in at number three. TD at number two. And number one coming in is the very own Jake Shapiro. So thank you everybody so much for hanging out with us. We truly love when you all join in. It is so much fun. Honestly, it makes our entire day that you guys hang out with us and spend your morning. So Jake and I, we both can't thank all of you enough. And Jake, again, real quick, the MLB trade deadline. we got two minutes. It's today, 6 p.m. Eastern. Any moves you can anticipate the Rockies making? 
Yeah, I think either Chad Cool or Carlos Estevez will probably be moved. Uh, fourth starter and uh, back-end reliever. Chad Cool is not going to win any team a playoff game, but he will help you get through the months of August and September, uh, which is important because it will improve your playoff positioning and potentially help you win a division. Carlos Estevez could be one of your you know, first arms out of the bullpen. He throws gas. He's always had control problems. I've always been a big fan. He's a great person. Uh, so one of those two guys. Now, I would like to see the Rockies move Jose Iglesias. Uh, mm-hmm. If they do move Jose Iglesias, who's on a one-year deal, any team can use him. He's a good utility infielder, was traded at last year's deadline to the Red Sox. Um, he could move out of the way, and the Rockies could call up Tovar, who is one of their top prospects from A Hartford, uh, and get him a taste of the big leagues at the end of this year. So, you know, maybe if he's not ready to come up right away next year, or if he is, he already has a good little feeling of what it's like to be a big leaguer, which I think is really important. Troy Tulowitzki did that. Mike Trout did that. A lot of guys get a little cup of coffee towards the end of a year on a team that's not competitive. So mm-hmm. I would like to see them move Iglesias so Tovar can get that spot in shortstop. Uh, I know Mourinho, uh, the first baseman, might get uh, a chance, but I don't see them moving C.J. Crone, which they should do because he's at the end of a contract uh, next year and he's coming off an all-star season right now. His value could never be higher. So that means the Rockies will keep him for about the next four seasons. Fair enough. All right. Again, everybody, thank you so much for playing trivia with us. We'll be back again next Tuesday with it. And we will be back tonight, 530. Myself, Cecil, and Mace, we're going to break down everything that you need to know about day six of Broncos training camp. We will see everybody then. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Mm -hmm.